We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast in mid-season form. <laughs> I'm your host, Carlo Navas, and with me today, reality check master, Tiffany Meeks. Hey, guys, what's going on? We're here. Um, listen, I'm not, listen, I'm having my, uh, you know, we're in the dog days of January, dog days of the NBA season, sometimes on a, on a, on a Thursday night in Orlando, you know, you, you really put up a stinker and that, you know, that was me with Sturgis Show. Uh, also joining us in the program today is the great Siobhan. Good evening. What's up, people? What's up? How you, how you doing? I'm good. How are y'all? How, good, I'm good. doing good. People in chat are chats popping. Somebody has a name. Johnny can't spell. You are correct. Fezbutter said you need more graphics for the intro. No more G dancing, please. That is probably a, a good idea. Um, pod audience catching an L. Listen, I love the pod audience, and uh, I'm sorry for whatever that started. We talking about the pod audience. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, right before the show, I made a I made an emphasis to Siobhan. I'm like, hey guys, we really need to think about the pod audience. Like, you know, pod, all audiences matter. You know what I mean? We gotta, we gotta make sure that everyone's treated. It's like, keep going, yeah, keep going. It's a joke. Um, no excuses. Uh, G dancing is my sleep paralysis demon. Chats having fun at my expense. Uh, somebody goes hashtag not all pod listeners. Um, (laughs) we have a fun show today. Um. We have plenty to talk about. We have um, a ton of pretty interesting trends with the Heat. The Heat win again in Atlanta. You know, Atlanta had lost a billion home games in a row. Um, it looked dicey to start. You know, typical Heat slow start in the first quarter, and they really kind of bring it back. Um, that was an impressive win for a couple of reasons. Uh, Tyler didn't shoot the ball well and absolutely was the best player on the floor. Outplayed Trey Young, which is pretty remarkable. And, you know, if we think back to, you know, that quote on Jeremy Taché's podcast, um, where he's like, I, I look at myself, you know, I want to be with the Lucas, the Trays, you know, those guys and the Jaws. And, well, you know, maybe he's not with the pedigree of those guys, but certainly he's outplayed a few of them in head to heads. And, uh, you know, shout out to Tyler. You know, I, I, I had him shipped off like three times and, uh, <laughs> He's uh I wanted him uh yeeted off my team forever. And he's been incredible. So what did you say, Siobhan? Did you say yeeted off Ye- my team? Yeah, yeeted off like I just wanted him like yeeted into wherever Toronto, you know, Sacramento, anywhere, anywhere that there was a player that I liked that was like, where how fired up the trade machine? How can we yeet Tyler over there? So guys, they are playing some pretty incredible basketball in a pretty rough stretch of games. I think the road schedule broke a little well for them because despite them having a gajillion games in a row on the road, they had a lot of rest at like two and three days rest in between some games and all that. And they got, they were in the middle of their COVID outbreak. So Tiff, I guess I want to, I want to start with you. You know, I think the last time we talked was right before the Phoenix game mm-hmm. and they make this road trip 
you know, four and two, which is fucking remarkable. Only losses to the Kings and the Warriors uh, close without Jimmy. Yeah. I, I'm so they're on a 53 win pace. I think this is fucking remarkable. I don't really ask questions because I don't I don't like interviewing my co-host. I just kind of say something. I'm like, oh, okay. it's kind of like an invitation. It's like, oh, what do you think? Uh, I was like. You were kind of waiting. <laughs> I was just waiting. Um, yeah, <laughs> we did talk about it, and we we basically were like begging for five hundred at that point on the road. You know, like that would be a successful trip. Um, but this team just keeps surprising us in in, in the best possible ways. Um, you know, early on, and it's so interesting because now you look back at like you look at that loss in Detroit, where now we know. They shouldn't have lost that game. Like, regardless of rest or who was on the court, now we know they should not have lost that game. And the fact that we know that, it's okay to have expectations going forward. Like, let's be realistic. They've beat how many of the top teams in the league? And they beat them handily. Exactly. Right, except for the Warriors, right. But that was, what, one matchup. They've only played once. All right, so it is what it is. But... It's okay to have like healthy expectations from what your quote unquote stars all the way down to whoever the last man is on the bench because everybody's playing. So it, it it's a fun ride. It's also been a little bit educational as to where we see the team going and where we see some of these players, you know, the directions that some of these players are heading as far as like, if you look at Kyle Guy, like I... Listen, I, I I think I've seen him play once before he joined the Heat, and that was in Sacramento, so I probably really wasn't watching. Right. But, you know, this, this young guy came in and contributed in the first game to a win. So it, it's kind of interesting that, like, we're doing all of this with who, you know, last year we deemed were expendables. And, and you know, Shy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Let's get rid of Gabe. Let's get rid of oh, yeah. Max. Let's get rid of Tyler. All these guys were expendable last year because we honestly did. We didn't know what they were capable of because they never actually got the opportunity last season yeah. to kind of get a lot more reps. Yeah, they got sprinkles of time and, and- those are where, where some of us saw, you know, those flashes, right? I think a lot mm-hmm. of people were for moving Tyler if it meant, you know, getting whatever other piece back, the piece depending, you know. A lot of people were against it with, with James Harden, cool, mm-hmm. but maybe would have been for, for someone like a Bradley Bill. I personally am not saying that I'm any of those people, but can count myself as, you know, among the people that had someone as not expendable, but willing to move off of as, mm-hmm. you know, if things broke right. Um, you've had an affinity for, for Max uh, since the end of last season and he was peaking, like he was starting to come along since then. I've been, you know, rocking with Gabe since like early February. And, you know, you're right. People, you you need a, a sizable enough chunk of time to really show that you can do anything on a consistent basis or otherwise, you, you know, just look like flashes in the pan. Right. And they've seen, like these dudes have been getting good like actual gameplay reps like serviceable reps and and giving you a lot of stuff um yeah uh read that g what is his name <laughs> chat says amazing what an actual offseason can do for young players yeah see that's some meta by the way when i can't pronounce your name and i'm in the flow of the show i'll just say chat says oh thank you yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, that's got a real got a true offseason and was able to do some things with it but yeah, people who maybe looked uh, one way last season, more people are starting to come around that they look a bit different this season. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing. I think that a lot of times, especially modern kind of NBA fan bases and organizations have a lot less patience for guys, right? And, you know, you have a guy and you either know or you don't know within your first season and people, organizations well, and fans make decisions. And can't operate that way. You can't. And I think sometimes you take too long to make a decision like that. I think Winslow yeah. is a great example, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think 
you know, if you like even cross sports, like the Dolphins and Tannehill, like you just kind of do a, eh, I'm not sure kind of thing for a long time. And it's like, it's not bad. Maybe it can get better. Maybe it can get worse. And you kind of trap your Beasley was a good example for the heat with that as well. Although that didn't last too long. But has, I think, has, has Casey broached close enough to that territory yet? I'm kind you? of out on or him. Still teetering. Or, okay. I think like, I, I think the same with KZ as I think of justice. I just think a lot higher of justice. And I think the structure of the organization is, was just generally good for him. And it, I think it, it bodes true after he's left, but like guys like them that have like really limited offenses and are really like good at defense or like they have like really specialized skills. It's tough. Right. And you're just like, I see the upside, especially because they play wings. Right. And at wing, you know, if a guy is a wing, it can guard up. You're just like, Oh my goodness gracious unicorn time. But that's not always the case. So you know, with guys like Struess and Gabe, and I think the Heat in general have just shown that, hey, we're going to find a bunch of dudes who can help us produce and we'll, we'll, we'll help, you know, discover talent and we'll give them uh, a place so that they could nurture and grow. So I think Heat fans have just in general, like not gone so attached to guys like that, right? So like, there's no reason to get attached to a Duncan or a Max because after Duncan came Max, right? And before Max, before Duncan, they had Wayne Ellington doing a very similar thing. And, and they yeah, have, you see people super attached to Duncan. No, yeah, I, I'm super attached to Duncan. And I think he's like legitimately like special, but it's just like. It's that same I, argument, though. You we get lost. Like, though. We get, guys skill set. It's yeah. choosing we, what it is that you value of those skill sets. We get lost in the sauce because I think fans, Tiff, overvalue their assets and overvalue mm-hmm. their young guys. And I think there's a happy medium of not yeeting off guys too soon and also understanding as heat fans that they're just going to find other dudes because they just do it every fucking season. Right. And I think that like, we all know it because we all see it, whether or not we want to admit it. That's the other thing. Um, Because we see every season, there's some guy that they found at, at quickie Mart that can come in and do a few things, whether he sticks you know, that's yet to be determined. Or vets that like, yeah, James Johnson's a good example who had like a renaissance here. You know, Wayne Ellington is another guy that had his best season, you know, in a heat. So it's just, it's Dion, right? It's vets Jay. too. Yeah. Jay, had, Jay. Jay Crowder. Jay. Jay had a really good season. I think PJ is a good example of that mm-hmm. too, you know, in terms of some of the other stuff that he's done. So I think though, where, Keith. The difference is though, but see, here's the thing where PJ kind of separates himself. Yep. Um, shooting, as as we see, you can luck up and and find two great shooters, and and throw them on your team. But the difference is that if you can sprinkle in a little shooting, as PJ gives you. And then you add in the defense and then you add in the rebounding and then you add in the leadership, um, the passing. So he's giving you how many teams you think right now are looking at the heat roster and saying, there's no way I'd take PJ. I think every team in this league at right now that sees that, oh, he has the perfect skill set, because guess what? The heat, everything he's doing, he was not taught by the heat. Right. These are things that he's been doing since game one, which means he's already had this skill set. He's just never been able to pull it out. Yeah. Or so has he been in a system or like in an environment that's right. You feel like he can. Now we don't need that. to relitigate the PJ stuff because I think we've talked about like that specific thing enough. But it was more to the point of they just continually find guys and you know we have and I, I guess the, the the whole ethos of what I'm trying to say is. You know, we, some of us, including myself, were really harsh on Gabe and Max early. And we were like, eh, never mind. We've seen enough, which is just clearly unfair. And it's a learning experience. And other times we, you know, keep guys too long or like we overvalue guys. And then we're like, we'll never, we'll never find one of these again. Right. And that, which is just not, not true either. So it's like a medium and, you know, their depth has obviously been a strength when everyone was like, no. And I think. I got to be honest with you. I, I think all of us are a little surprised and how, I mean, they have literally NBA players from one to 15, which is apt one to 14. Actually, right. <laughs> this is actually insane. 
But it's also okay to like, when you look at certain players to say, yo, like I drafted you. I'm, uh, you do have a, a shelf life here. You were drafted and we either need you to produce or while you still look like something, we need to get off you and get something for you. Like that's, that's how I feel about a drafted guy. But if you're telling me I'm pulling dudes out of seven 11 and they not, ma- and they not getting paid. I don't, I don't see any reason into cultivating the talent in which you think they have like, yeah. we, and not okay. being so quick to just throw them out with the bathwater. Right. That's the thing. Like, gee, you were talking about this organization has done it with guys like that, like people Who's that you would consider of like, <laughs> you know, not drafted, highly drafted talent, but like, you know, much pale, all of that, everything that, you know, surrounds kind of that. I think of, I don't know, like what's a good medium in between like not eating drafted talent off and, sticking with even people that you've drafted too long like do you i know a lot of some of it's luck it is some of it's luck. so like i think i i I think about my guy in in la a lot like when brandon didn't produce his first year in la a lot of fans were like willing to just be off don't don't you know and that's like a high draft guy and we've seen that maybe you know not in a bunch of years but a couple years later like he started to pay off and literally the next year he went from nine points to 16 like it, it was a clear mm-hmm. uh, there you go so like and it's, it's interesting how organizations choose to to go about it and how miami has chosen to to go about it so i think and we've talked about this a bunch on this pod specifically i think the heat are interesting for a couple of reasons they have a lot of organizational stability from the president to the gm to the coach right so a lot of times Look at like an organization like, you know, um, it's an organization and duress all the time, uh, the Kings, right. Or the, or the Knicks. I think the Knicks are a better example. Like, you know, they're, they draft a guy that GM is tied to the, that high draft pick and they are like better hope and pray that this guy works. Right. And they're, you know, it's not that they believe in him or not. It's like my job literally depends on you producing. Right. And the heat don't really have that because, you know, all these guys, regardless of, I mean, not that they draft a lot of busts, but, you know, if, they, if one guy, if they draft a fucking stinker of a guy, right? Like they draft a, an Anthony Bennett level, you know, Anthony <laughs> level disaster in the draft, right? Um, nobody's going to lose their job. You know, no one's going to, no one's scared of that. So yeah. I think that they make decisions with their heads and with, you know, they have a, they have a, a lot of coaches and, and Spo is obviously, you know, fucking brilliant. So you have all this data and you have all these smart, you know, Pat Riley. Is not an idiot, right? You know, Andy Ellisberg is not an idiot. Eric Spolster is not an idiot, right? So they have these really smart people in a room to make decisions. And they're like, okay, well, let's roll. You know, is this is this juice worth the squeeze? Are we going to roll the dice here? Is, it, is this guy worth taking another chance on? And stuff like that. And sometimes they're wrong. I think the Winslow thing clearly, you know, I think Justice was a great player. I love Justice. But clearly it just, it was never enough to what they needed. And certain his blemishes just never got fixed, you know? So it's, it's a push pull with them. And I, I just think it's, I just think it's very funny that this is the way that this star studded team ended up halfway through the season (laughs) where it's, you know, a lot of, you know, Kyle guy and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and, you know, all these little dudes running around. Caleb. Caleb. (laughs) Caleb's monkey wrenching everything. I mean, he's just been insane. We, we wrote him off. We all did. We're like, oh, that's interesting. Two-way contract for a guy that's that not like a rookie. Interesting. And we that just kind of like... That's not writing a guy off. That's like, that like a strange deal. <laughs> we were like... I think most of us were like probably in an innocuous deal. You know, I, and I think I remember the conversation. I'm like, huh, I think it makes sense that they got a vet instead of a young guy, you know, because they like vets. And everyone was like, yeah, that makes sense. I was like, okay, yeah. You know, 14th man. <laughs> maybe like six best player or something at this point like jesus christ <laughs> yeah he's climbing that ladder real quick <laughs> so he's great so i guess the the main thing i want to talk about today kind of moving off because again i, I don't want to relitigate a lot of stuff that we've talked about i think the reason why we're doing this today is there's something weird about the heat's three stars and synergy together jimmy bam and lowry together they're good, right? They're plus 
four points per 100 possessions. It's good, not great, right? Offense looks a little funky. 101.05 offensive rating, not good. 100 defensive rating, that's fucking best in the NBA right now. It would be, you know. Uh, when the three are off the court, they're plus almost eight per 100 possessions. That's kind of weird that you're just clobbering teams without two Hall of Famers and one probably, hopefully, Hall of Famer, right? Your three stars. And they just, they all look better without the other. Kyle, no Jimmy, no Bam, plus six. You know, Jimmy, no Kyle, no Bam, plus 10. You know, Bam, no Kyle, no Jimmy, that's dead even. Um, You know, Jimmy plus Bam, no Kyle, minus 18 per 100 possessions. You know, Jimmy and Kyle, no Bam, minus one and a half per 100 possessions. Um, the The only thing that's positive is Kyle and Bam, no Jimmy, you know, almost plus 10. So... Siobhan, it's it's very weird because they have found this wonderful synergy of, you know, utopian ball movement and cutting and 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 passing and shooting and, you know, rim rolling and all that. And when these guys come back, it's going to change a lot. And yeah. people are asking, what are the sample sizes all over 100 minutes? Go ahead, Bob. Oh, yeah. No, you, things are going to change, but... So maybe the people doing the actions will change, but the actions and the flows and the rhythms and patterns that they found don't necessarily have to. Um, You're going to hopefully see some unfamiliar faces and some, you'd like to see some unfamiliar faces in some different areas of the floor or like the people you're familiar with doing other things, uh, Jimmy Bam. Um, But it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be this completely disruptive thing. The issue, it's clunky, it's weird when, you have Jimmy and Bam. Um, they play the same areas of the floor. Like they occupy the same kind of general space on the floor, all in that kind of like mid-range extended post area. Um, it looks a little bit better when you have Kyle because he at least gives you, you know, amongst the three, some of the spacing. And it kind of ebbs and flows um, with the other variations of people around them. And um, I guess it's, it's, it's weird because you don't, that's not what you expect out of the group that you probably think you're going to have to lean on the most together at the same time. Um, But I think what Miami has found that they, again, have enough to where when they really, really need that, that three, that core to, to be playing at the same time and to do what they needed to do, they can, but they also now know that they have other things that they can go to other ways that they can orient themselves. Tiff, does it concern you when these guys are going to have to get work back in? I mean, there is a concern. I think that if you if you think it's a seamless fit, I think um, I got some beans to sell you because it's it's not it's 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 not a seamless fit. Because if you look at Jimmy and Bam's skill set in comparison to what's happening now. You know, now the floor is wide open. You know, Kyle can get to the basket anytime he wants because no one's clogging the lane. Um, Every now and then, Yurt steps out. You have Deadman when he was in there for the trail for a pick and pop. So, you know, the 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 really the problem is is that like you've got to find a way to get these guys moving and moving off the ball. Um, you've got to find a way to keep the ball in Kyle's hands and let yeah. him be <laughs> and let him be the playmaker. Um, and you also got to get Jimmy and Bam to buy in um, b- because I, ideally you're saying we want to win a championship and you have a sample size of play that shows you can win this way. Yeah. They're going to so, have to Play Go ahead, so I think they've gone back to the 2019, 2020 style of play where it's like, all right, guys, we're going to run a fuck ton of dribble handoffs. We're going to move. We're going to cut. We're going to screen and we are going to run. We are going to run in the half court all over the place and we're going to exhaust our opponents. And it's going to be this wonderful emulsification of this concept of team ball. We're all touching the ball. You know, the ball <laughs> finds energy, you know, all that lovely. Like that. Huh? The way you said it. It's like it's like coach's cliche utopia, right? Because in the reality, they just really don't have a ton of dudes that can get to the rim and make a play, right? Like Tyler can do it some, you know, not a great finisher. Kyle is old and he's just not going to run 50 pick and rolls and, you know, 
work the defense. We're going to, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do Spain and we're going to fake the second screen. We're going to do, you know, some stagger handoffs and we're going to get an open guy and drop. And then if he cuts, you know, we, we, we beat the double. So they're doing the 2019, 2020 stuff that got them to the finals. Um, and just everybody's shooting a million percent from three and it looks incredible. They didn't miss a shot against Phoenix, you know, against Atlanta, you know, they have a slow start and then all of a sudden dudes start hitting shots. And then Atlanta's like, oh, I don't know what to do. When Jimmy and Bam come back, I think it's going to be a little bit more pick and roll centric. And I do think that it's going to look different. It's not going to look as nice, but I think in the playoffs, that's going to matter because that stuff, that pretty ball stuff, unless you have Steph and Draymond and like Clay Thompson, that usually gets absolutely nullified in the playoffs. I think the Hawks of uh, the, that, that Jeff T Corver Al Horford Hawks team that did all that pretty bullshit, the, the Bud Hawk, that just doesn't work because it's easy. You switch that stuff, you know, you kind of sit on certain actions. You, you're, that stuff is better scouted. We're like, okay, well, we know they're going to, there's no surprises, right? So when you have guys like Jimmy who are going to be like, all right, who's the smallest motherfucker on the court? Bring him over here. Uh, I'm going to put you in the torture chamber or bam. You know, I think the Celtic series in 2019, 2020 is a good example. It's like, okay, I'm just going to run, pick and roll. I'm going to get behind your defense and your help man's going to be Jalen Brown. And he's like way too small and not strong enough to defend. So I get the concern. I'm not too concerned. So when the three Jimmy, Bam and Lowry on the floor together, they're shooting about 29% from three. I don't know how much you guys attribute that to Duncan and Kyle just having a slow start or if the way that they played contributed to that slow start. I know that that's how you guys feel. I think he and Kyle missed makeable looks, but Siobhan, I know you feel a little differently than I do. So I think that they missed makeable looks, but that it maybe was a result of the stuff that they were running. (laughs) Like, (laughs) a different rhythm it's a different timing you're catching the ball in different spots it's a different um you know person passing you the ball in 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 some cases like it's 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 different than what it used to look like and you know maybe they just needed some time to just warm up just their just the their innate shooting abilities you know maybe that shit's warm now and they're good to go for the rest of the season and maybe you know jimmy and bam come back and we see it kind of go back to resembling them to specifically go back to, you know, kind of resembling how they were before. And um, that is the part that I think is going to kind of fuck everything up more than the three of them not clicking at the same time. Is that the big three and one of your like primary others aren't synergizing well doing the things that you're supposed to be able to do with it. Now all of these other ways that I was supposed to be able to attack defenses, I can't because none of y'all fucking lineups can can get it together together. Well, I mean, we saw that movie already. So we, you know, we we, we saw that movie already this season. Um, And I also just, I, you know, you hope that like they've been sitting on the bench watching this team flourish all these different ways. So if, if, if you're, if you're really watching and cognizant of your own game, you know that your game 50% of the time is a hindrance to what they're doing. I want to ask you guys, Oh, go ahead. No. And I was going to say, and, and by being able to own that, then you should, you know, that's when you start working on, okay, so let me cut here. Let me get off the ball. Let me try. You know, what do you need me to do to keep this rolling? Because to me, that's right. Cause to me, it's like, no, y'all got to fit in now. Cause they're rolling. Like we're not, we're, we're, you know, we're not playing a team and watching Jimmy post up 10 times in the first quarter. Get a loser. We're going shopping, you know? (laughs) <laughs> right. you're, the loser. you're the loser right now right get in and you're in and sit in the back and, and sit in the back <laughs> oh i'm sorry jimmy's not sitting in the back for max true not sitting on. in the back but like metaphorically open, speaking i just realized that was a problematic image especially with february coming up the open seat is in the <gasps> we were just gonna let that go past Jeez. i know why well, i'm, gonna, I'm holding myself I just accountable go, i just I gonna let it go past just get in the open seat the seat that's available don't try to make everyone play rearrange the seat is sit right there it's sit okay. right there next to rosa parks <laughs> <laughs> i love the podcast so much 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't think that you guys are because I think some people go off the deep end and are like this seems better without Jimmy and Bam. I don't think that's what you guys are saying. No, I think you guys are saying that they need no. to. Yeah, yeah. I know that that's not what you're saying, right? Because okay. people people go off the deep end. They're like, we should play Yurt over Bam. <laughs> but we, because because so, Shy oh and I also know postseason is a different season. Yeah, you know, that. and you need different tools to get through the postseason. <laughs> You know that Why game, Vincent. Right. <laughs> it says you could take three. Why are you taking one? Yeah, exactly. It's so telling I, you to take three, or you get penalized. Take the three. <laughs> what you guys are saying is you need these guys to adapt as good players and as leaders. As leaders, yeah. adapt to what they're yeah. doing now. I think what is problematic about that. And I think we've had disagreements in our group chat. I think Bam is the easiest plug and play element to this because he is just a better finisher than Yurt. He is a better passer than Yurt. And he's just a better player than Yurt. Right. So the the role that, you know, obviously Bam has a more highlighted role in the offense. It's not just a a diver, right? He's a, you know, he wants his touches in the mid post and he wants to shoot his little jumpers and everything, which could kind of, you know, uh, ruffle the offense a bit at times. It's not as flowing. Right. Because it's not that he's a ball stopper, but, you know, he's going to get his little reps. But I, I don't think that's as much of a problem as, you know, when you have Jimmy on the floor with those other guys. Again, not that these are ball stoppers, but they grind possessions yeah. and the movement is not as crisp. Right. I think that's kind of where we're at, that we're just a little concerned of because he's not a shooter. You know, and he, well, as good as a cutter as he is, he needs to commit to screening, to mm-hmm. cutting, to, hey, take, they're guarding you out there for the corner. They're not helping off of you. So keep taking those. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hope, hope the wrist is good and kind of play your role. And when, you know, when it's time, you know, put the cape on and uh, let, let's find some small dudes to bully in the post. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's fair, right? I feel like that's kind of what we're looking at. Yes, it is. Well, and because you also like as much as we like go back and forth about Jimmy's skill set and this and that, he has proven when right physically to be clutch. So at this point, and and you're talking and and you and you made the comment about Bam and the touches and all these things. I think also like 
you know, the, 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 the true part about it is if, if you think you're as good as you are, which is championship capabilities, then nobody on this team should be talking about numbers of shots. Like if it's, if it's meant for you to shoot that shot, you'll get that shot. Like play within the offense. Who's open, get the shot. Like this is really what they need. And like, if I'm on the court, I'm not, I'm not looking to just say, okay, bam, let's get your six touches. No, get your flow, get your touches within the offense, just like everyone else. And they so are right it, there to be had. All yes. <laughs> yes. Because guess what? They can't guard everybody. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outside of their really torrid start where they were just absolutely ripping everybody in front of them to shreds, the last 15 games has been their best stretch of basketball. They're 11-4 and in their last 15 games. They have the best offense in the league in that time span. They have the second best point differential behind Memphis, who has won a gajillion games in a row. And they have a top 10 defense in that time while they play Yurt a fuck ton of minutes and Kyle Guy a lot of minutes <laughs> and Tyler a lot of minutes. And just in general, Max and Duncan, who, I mean, it's not that they're amazing. To, like, you're just playing a lot of not all NBA defense guys. A lot it's a of whole minutes. team of others. You know, yes. A whole team of dudes stuff. that you don't trust in a defense. <laughs> And they've gotten it to a top eight defense. I want to say one thing, and you know that I always got to propagate my guy. Kyle Lowry has been absolutely sensational on defense this year. And I'm not saying that he deserves like an all-defense team, but I think he deserves a look because what he does on a possession-by-possession possession basis, the rotations, uh, he, he, there, was a, there was a play yesterday where Duncan fucked up. Duncan fucked something up, and then Duncan had to kind of close out on a guy. Or I think uh, Deadman had to close out on a guy. And then that ball swung. And then Duncan, who was supposed to get the guy that Deadman closed out on, had to go get the other guy. And Kyle immediately recognized Collins kind of drifting to the basket. Kyle immediately vacates his assignment, gets under and pushes and is physical with Collins. And they don't, Atlanta doesn't score in the possession. They try to get the ball into Collins, doesn't get a good look. He misses a, a, a shot. And it's like, he does that like 10 times a game. And just the just, he's just been fantastic on defense. And while the offensive numbers, I think that he gets him into gear. You know, he's zipping the ball around. He doesn't get in the way, which I think is a really, really important thing. He just doesn't get in the way when they're grooving. And he takes shots always in the rhythm of the offense. And I love that about him. But I know that the shooting numbers haven't been good. The scoring is not great. The assists look awesome. But on defense, uh, Bon, he has just been like – their most consistent guy because he's been available and he's just awesome. I think, okay, maybe I don't watch him enough defensively. I'm not going to deny anything that you have just said. I, I have recognized um, his, his fight in getting over the screens. Um, I, I have recognized uh, like the activity in his hands, the, the positional awareness, like you just said, like, yeah, he, he has been really, really good for them. Um, he's, mostly done what they've needed him to do, I'll say, uh, defensively. Um, but yeah, like you said, there, there, there's, there's, there's been stuff to be desired on the other end of the ball. And, uh, you know, that's okay. They require him in, in both ways. Uh, and on one side of the ball, on the offensive side of the ball, they require him to do things in multiple ways as well. So um, I think he has been good for them, getting them in gear. And not getting in the way is a good trait to have. 
I and I've said this Tiff before. He's the most hyper self-aware player I've ever watched. He is like so keenly understanding of his limitations, which is what makes him a special player to me. No, he is. Well, the thing about it is, is that like he's leading this team. What did you just say there? 11 and four in the last like, 15. Yeah. Like he's leading, he's leading this team and they, and they are following him. So that's like, you know, <clears throat> that's like the highest compliment he could get. Like, they're all playing together. He's leading them and they like look, they're looking at him for leadership and confidence. So I think it's like, I think he's, he's doing a good job with the young guys. I think that, yeah, th- my, my biggest thing on him is, is the shooting. Yeah. It's, that's, you know, that's get better. It, yeah. Yeah. It got better for a bit yeah. and then he took a dip again mm-hmm. and they haven't yeah. needed him because they really haven't right. played from behind a ton mm-hmm. and he's done just an, just enough that it's just not like we don't look at him whenever there's a problem it's, he never plays like he doesn't have those stinkers he had early in the season I don't he know. has he doesn't have those complete stinkers and they haven't needed him from the playing from behind position right. but uh, some of those stinkers and some of the the gripes and, and kind of criticisms have been like I guess not reading a bit sooner when it's it's needed for him to kind of get get going like giving me I don't know, one for seven, the first half, and then like going berserk in the third. Like when you have to play from behind and you know that you can, another thing that you know you have in in your weapon or, you know, in your arsenal. But if you're able to not play from behind and if you have the pieces to make that not be a thing, you know, that used to to be stuff that bothered me about Wade early in his, like kind of like in the middle of his career where he would like, have a great first quarter and then in the second quarter would have like two points and then the third quarter would have four <laughs> points and it would just drive me fucking crazy and then the fourth quarter you'd have 15 right and you're just like how did he end up with 28 points that was really weird um but i just it's the the ebbs and flows of the basketball game are, are are super strange but i mean he's been great for them i mean they're knocking on the door of the two seed or even the one seed i think really the warriors are getting absolutely molly by the books right now without draymond Draymond's so important in what they do. And, uh, you know, they play Chicago, I believe, tomorrow or the next day. So I don't envy the Bulls to have to play the Warriors after getting smacked by the Bucks like that. You know what I mean? Especially with Clay coming back. So, I mean, Miami's two games out of, of the one seed. You know, they're half a game back of the two seed. And, you know, for all, for everything that's happened to them, it's just absolutely remarkable. So, transition to something kind of special. So Siobhan, you know, we had talked about kind of the, the, the thing we were talking about earlier about how, like, how, the, how the three guys you know, aren't really synergizing well together. And I think Siobhan has some clips to kind of, uh, to kind of get us through that. So why don't, why don't we uh, cue up the music? Hold on, it's the wrong one. Let's try, let's try this. Let's try this. Okay, so we have, uh, we have this first one here. So, you know, like you said, uh, all three of them, you know, not necessarily – synergizing well go ahead you have um Kyle Jimmy are going to end up in this two-man game and and look at where their defenders are at the end of this action like PJ's coming through no no I'm sorry it's the Duncan Jimmy two-man and then there's nothing happening on this side you have PJ and Bam um close enough together then you know you kind of would would hope that they would be but that's just their natural spacing and where they naturally find them at themselves at on the floor. Um, you can go to the next one unless you guys had anything. So one of the, like, so this is like an example of like they run that empty side stuff, right? Which is that's just I think Duncan being a little camp. Like, I mean that's a great closeout too. So it, it's really tough, and that's a shot that I think Kyle. Yeah, that's made. the shot for Kyle to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the shot that I think he has to hit more consistently, and that's, you know, I don't think it's a bad offensive. That was a fucking tremendous closeout by Kuzma. Um, What's this next one? Okay, so I think it should be a Jimmy Iso and and not much happening on the other side. Jimmy Kyle two-man. So now, so the Jimmy Kyle two-man and the pick-and-roll running back. Look at where Bam's defender is. This is when PJ cycles through 
and PJ's defender is right there in the lane. Bam's defender is there. He just doesn't challenge. And this is what I'm talking about, like operating in the same space on the floor. There's all yeah. of this, yeah. all that space there. All, I mean, all that, like, no space. Look at all those bodies right there. Yeah. Nene so, is in Bam. He doesn't really contest, but he's right there if he wanted to just smack it from behind. <laughs> That's kind of like my thing with their spacing too with Bam. Like, so Jimmy is by the metrics one of the best rollers in the NBA of 1.51 points per possession. It's just super destructive. Um, and he's a terrific roller. And that's that's a great look. They step up on Kyle, and you're right, it's just bad spacing. Yeah. But that's a that's a makeable shot for Jimmy. Like He's he's at the rim and who is that Casey? Like he got to finish over KCP there. You know, like well, well but 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 yeah, but also you have to also look at it. Like who else is going to the basket but Jimmy? That's my point. The, the lack of motion there around, so no one else has to be worried about guarding anything else because nothing else is happening. Um. So this though. So pause. So you have. This lineup, you have Kyle. That's my favorite Kyle move, by the way. But he, that thing he just did is like the most. And he does that, it well. He does it without triggering the new rule. Um, you have Kyle, Gabe. Hold on. You okay. have started over, please. You have Kyle, Gabe, uh, Max, PJ, Yurt. Pause. So just kind of right here, right? Like, look how far out Gabe is. I guess his defender, yeah, could be playing him a bit closer, but he's aware that there's something there. Whoever's guarding Max down here in the corner, mm-hmm. you know, his his back is kind of turned. But And now you have Jay in this left corner. But as a point guard, as a ball handler, you have pretty much about as good a space as you can hope to have. Yes, you created You helped create it yourself, too, with that little dribble. But it was there for you to get into because you have people right. around you who, who have to be respected as a threat. And you have it from multiple angles in ways that it just kind of – opens up the center of this balloon and, and, and stretches it out a bit. And then so you get motion, uh, hard close out, fake, but just the the space that Kyle wanted yeah. to could have given me that a little floater. Maybe he could have done right. it third. Like he just it was just there for him. They're still not really moving, but there's enough space where they don't actually need to be moving right. to generate anything for this there. <laughs> Because you got to guard every single person outside that line. Yes. And that's a testament that Gabe haven't worked and gotten better that, um, you know, with, with his jump shot. Uh, PJ is, a you know, known for being a corner specialist. And Max, the corners are his sweetest of spots, the left especially. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about this possession, so Kyle gets, and he takes one, two, three dribbles, and he looks at where the defense is jumping. And that mm-hmm. that man dipped on Yurt, and he's like, "I got the open look." And that those three little dribbles buy you so much. Look, see that mm-hmm. guy stunted to mm-hmm. Yurt, and yeah. he's like, "Got him." The dude open. that helped down off of Max tried to yell, be dug down, yep. but knows he has to get back. And that's his physicality because that's a that's a big dude on him, right? And for Kyle to be able to seal him, a big butt helps. You know, kind of kind of sticks it out and really seals his man well. And yes. he's able to kind of keep the ball. You know, that guy can't reach in or that's a Kyle's going to grift a foul. And it's just great. It's just fucking super Kyle Lowry basketball. So then the, the, this last one um, is, I think, like a perfect way of, of bringing it boss is, uh, I think, a, a really good way of bringing it all together, of getting Jimmy involved, still having motion on the other side. Um, and the idea and the wanting – Bam to maybe extend his three or just extend his jump out a bit. Um, that the fact that people are calling for Yurt to be playing heavier minutes because of his ability to kind of stretch it a bit. But I'll show you in a second. So go ahead. So Jimmy's not on the ball, but they're running this action. Pause. So now you bring Jimmy to the ball. You get him coming with a little bit of, of, of momentum. Just he has done an activity. He's coming to the ball in a good space. You have Max flying up off of here. Go ahead. And then pause. So now if Max go run it again and like stop it kind of when Max gets to the top of the key as he's coming. So he's here. Go a little bit more. Pause. So now you have 
you have Duncan and you're being occupied by this one dude. If you're with someone who would space out, if, if that was a bam or if that was a him, if, you know, Duncan kind of pins in tied that like pins that dude lets your kind of come off of him now you have this one dude this this bottom forward doesn't know what's happening like he his back would be completely to the side where more action could be happening if you had someone um from that center spot from that bigger spot who was even willing to to do that and and just kind of make things um be all the way maximized but this is a way to use jimmy and to get your spacing and your shooters and your action That's a good cut. Um, but just putting all of the pieces together and incorporating and using more space on the floor so that you have more space in between people to do more things. I love the screen by Duncan there, right? So did they do that stagger and mm-hmm. it just and that's one of the things I love about Duncan, just such a smart screener. Like you said, that guy is occupying both Duncan and your, you know, Max's guy is trailing and I love when the Heat run these empty side sets because if Jimmy does decide to post, he yep. can see where the help's coming from. The help's not coming from somewhere that he doesn't know. Yep. So he has easy built-in reads that simplify the offense for really at this time is a lot of, I mean, I guess these dudes have been with the Heat for a while, but like all those 10-day dudes just makes the reads easier for everybody. Yep. Yeah. If you have someone that's helping make that space, like you have, you force that person to commit. You either going to let Jimmy abuse this small person or right. you're going to commit to that help and you have, you know, so many weapons around. But this is other people, you know, like the the thing is that they look really, um, they look really, really good when the three of them are together. I'm sorry, y'all. And then this last one, again, this could be banned. Tiff loves this. The trail, the trail Deadman three. Mm-hmm. I picked one, but he's done this like a bunch this time or this season. That's why he's like one of our highest percentage three point shooters or something yes. like that. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like this. There's no reason that a bam a year once he progresses. Like there's no reason that these aren't shots that aren't available to the entirety of Miami's offense. Mechanic working on the trailer. You love to see. Ah, it. I like that. Oh. That's work, a good one. G. Work working on his trailer. Yeah. I, I love those things that you that you pointed out and I think it's 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 tough because they just play with two non shooters, right? And I, I think the 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 one about the Struce cut, I think that's a really good example of just all of Miami's fun they move with purpose, Tiff off the ball. They cut really hard, they screen really well, and everything has they're not just running around, they know what they're doing. Like everything right. has a reason, which I think is uncommon and really why they're they're successful lately (laughs) excuse me yeah it's and the funniest thing is is that like it's unsuspected like who knew these guys would take to this system who knew you know cow guy would come out and say oh i can do this you want me to do just this this is what I can do. It's like, it, you know, you guys always talk about like, oh, it's the culture. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. Well, it, it's something because all these guys who, you know, it's a lot of them that can pretty much only do one thing. Like, let's be realistic. Like, you know, Duncan can score, Max can score, but like, I'm not letting him guard the number two, or the number one or two option. So, you know, these guys are like, they're putting it together. Yeah. And I, you know, we hope and we feel like Jimmy and Bam are smart enough and they have many a tools in the box to be able to say, you know, I can I can do this. I can run with these guys. And that's the thing. They have the flexibility. I can run with these guys. I, I can slow it down. I can play the half court with these guys. Like there's so much flexibility that I think I think uh, don't 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 watch the tape. This don't work out. But. I think it could work out. I think they'll be okay. I think it's going to be rough for a few games. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty to watch. It's not going to be fun. I think if shooting is good, it'll be fine. I think if no. those dudes can shoot, it'll look fine. It's going to work. But gee, that first game they come back, it's not going to look good. Well, I don't, but the, I think the good thing is, is that they do it in phases, right? So Jimmy's going to be the one to come back probably against mm, either true. tomorrow or against yeah. the, the Sixers. So True. they'll be able to reincorporate Jimmy for maybe a week or so 
And then Bam is going to ramp up his kind of integration to the team. I don't know if it'll be minutes restriction or what. And they'll be able to kind of gently work this this back. Because, by the way, like their last 15 games are are great. But, I mean, really, they've been out these guys since December 1st, right? Yeah. And it hasn't always looked good. So since December 1st, their record, and their record's still really good. They're 13 and 7. That's good. Their yeah. offense, not the first in the league. It's ninth in that span, right? So those that first month of December, that first half of December was a little rough until yeah. they figured out, okay, this is mm-hmm. not style that we're going to play. But it's like what you said in the beginning, do you, like who would have thought that this kind of point in the season, these are the guys that, you know, you would be kind of counting heavy on, but you, you kind of have to. Like there's no way that you expect it to get through every of the 82 or the 70 or whatever it is this season and that – Bam was going to play the minutes that you expected him to play every night, that Jimmy was, that Kyle right. was. Um, and so it's it's fortunate that Miami has hit pay dirt on so many of the um, their others because their others are going to have to contribute. And right. the way they have and are going to have to continue to because of how the top of the roster is, is built. And a lot of other teams, others, yeah. not hidden. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's they struck gold. Yeah. I think one of the things with Miami is that they've been third and slash fourth in the East for a majority of the season. And I think that's where most people kind of had them. They're like, ah, probably four. They're not going to have health. It's just the East has been so much better than people thought that people were thinking they're going to be a couple games over 500, you know, maybe trying to fight to stay out of the play-in. I mean, they're fucking clear of a lot of teams right now, right? They have, a nice cushion. They have like a three or four or five game cushion that is just not what people thought. Cause the East is really good and competitive this year. So they keep winning while they're not whole. And if you're at the bottom, if you're looking at these teams, they went through, he went through rough parts of their schedule. Right. And if you're other fans, box score watching like, Oh man, heat and Phoenix, let's go. We're going to make up some standings. And then they do that. You're just like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, and it, it's kind of been like that all, all year, right? You know, they're down early in Atlanta. You're like, you know, fucking Cavs fans and Sixer fans are like, finally, Sixer fans are like, oh boy, we're going to, they're going to lose to Atlanta. You know, they may split, whatever. We get a crack at them on Saturday in the back to back. And they've just continually just won and have been great. Shout out to Spo. Shout out to the, shout out to Max and Gabe and, you know, and Kyle Guy and Kyle Lowry and shout out Yurt Mechanic, who, by the way, Mechanic came back and I think restored order, restored heat Twitter order. <laughs> Motherfucker came in. He's like, you forgot about me, man. Let's go. Dude was awesome. Came in, did Deadman things, did those fun finishes from under the rim. You know what I mean? The just finishing dunks, just looking like a goddamn professional out there, Tiff. Yeah, that's it. That's all we wanted. Overalls and all. I fucking love that guy. I love him. I love him so much. He's like such a, he's like the, he's like, he has so much. He's just a great backup center. He does everything that you want in a backup center. He's like, he also talks so much shit. Yes. Does not stop yapping. I fucking love it. That is fun. You saw when he got Collins with the blog yesterday, he was like talking to Collins. You saw that, right? Like he's just like, yeah, when, when the, the one that he got real nice, the one that he like. Oh, slapped. the one out of bounds? The yeah, one that yeah, went that, out of bounds? Yeah. That one real good. He starts laughing and he goes to Colin, something to the effect of, I got you. You saw that, right? You saw. It. And Colin starts laughing because, like, it's like Devin's like joy. He's like, ah, you saw that? <laughs> Dude's great. Dude's great. I think, I hope people. Shout out to Yurt. Shout out to Yurt. Hmm. He are probably not going to be a position to offer Deadman a contract next season. Their cap gets a little more difficult next season. You know, the Heat are going to try to avoid to be a repeater tax team because Tyler Hero's extension will kick in in a couple of years and they're probably going to have to offer, probably maybe not a max, but something close to it. And I think as, a, as an organization, you want to avoid being a repeater team because you want to pay all your guys, right? And you want to keep as much of this as you can. So you, you kind of, you know, shave off in the front end. So in the back end, when things get really expensive, you can kind of keep things together and you can still contend for championships. Right. So, um, you know, I don't know if they'll be able to offer him a contract this season, but that's where your comes in. That's where, <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? Why are you laughing? <laughs> Comments. 
Atlanta quit on the coach. We don't need nope. to talk about that now, G. <laughs> Which was that, that one? We don't. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that right now, G. Oh, that was kind of funny though. <laughs> <laughs> they got their they got their spirits broken by a nine to fiver <laughs> doing a side <laughs> hustle. Stupid. Amazing. Yeah. No, shout out to them. Shout out to them. Thank you to chat. You guys were awesome. Thank you to Tiff and Siobhan for joining me today on the program. Remember to get your mechanic merch. We got mechanic shirts and Dwayne Dedman's back. Get your mechanic shirts. They're moving quick. They're our best-selling shirt. I mean, it's a really cool shirt. I gave people up for Christmas. They're like, don't you get these for free? I said, no, I paid for them like the rest of you. <laughs> Enjoy your fucking Christmas gifts. Don't, don't, don't be asking questions out here. Um, right. Thank you for supporting us and everything that we do. I believe Hangover Time is off tomorrow. We will do yes. a weird off pregame show. Um, you know, we will be back for the Sixers um, game on Saturday. That'll be a drip drop night. Moose is very excited already. Moose, Moose, every people don't get it. Moose lives for drip drop nights. Moose is like, oh, Friday and Saturday game. Which one's drip drop night? I gotta, I gotta plan. I gotta get ready. He's so he loves. He's the only person on earth that I feel loves drip drop that much. Yeah. It's, 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 polarizing. it's a long time. It's polarizing. <laughs> it's it is. Most, yeah. Most yeah. polarizing thing we do. <laughs> I think the, the most polarizing things on Heat Beat are drip drop and just me in general. I think those are the two <laughs> things. Nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. <laughs> it's provocative. 